Are you sick and tired of that political news crap? Then listen to Poor Entertainment every other Tuesday, right here on the Journey into Comics Network. JourneyIntoComics.com The following the following is a Journey into Comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 216. I am your host, Nate. Hope everybody's doing fantastic today. Kicking back being breezy, doing whatever the fuck you're doing. Maybe you're driving to work. Maybe you're driving home from work. I don't fucking know your schedule. Hopefully you're having a good day when you're listening to me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. So last time we were on, we had AP here. We talked about a lot of things. We did not talk about me and and, and my life and things that have been going on in my life. So we didn't talk about Walk Among Us' as last show in October, which was interesting and different. We played a place called Logansport. And it's a place called the State Theater. We love playing there. Every time I've been there, it's always fun, no matter what the circumstances. We played really late. We didn't have to leave till pretty late. Um, it was really kind of bada-bing, bada-boom. We showed up. We set up. We waited to go on stage. We loaded on stage. We played our set. We got the fuck off stage and went home. That's pretty much it. Nothing really crazy happened. It was good. I mean, it was good and a lot of fun. It was a good um, energy, even though it was late. The crowd was still popping, even though it was late, which is nice. You know, had people talking to us after the show and whatnot, which was great. Got paid, which was great. Gotta love that in the music world, getting paid. Uh, but, uh, you know, we we get done, and all we wanted to do was go to motherfucking Steak and Shake. Something like, ah, oh, we could go here, we could go here, we could go here, we could go here, we could go all these different places. I was like, why don't we just go to the motherfucking Steak and Shake that's not too far from the house? We'll go there. That way, we can eat at home and then just go to bed. It'll be great. So, we, I drive and 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 I drive. It's like almost two-hour drive, and I'm almost to Merrillville, and I'm driving... And I take Route 30, and I go to the Steak and Shake there, and we get in the drive-thru, and we're in the drive-thru for 25 minutes. No order has been taken. The person in front of us has had their order taken. We get up to the thing, and they're not serving us. I'm, like, freaking out. I'm getting livid. I'm like, what the fuck? We've been sitting here, like, 15 minutes. You guys won't take my fucking order. Just take my fucking order. If you'll take my fucking order... You'll have it ready by the time I'm to the window by how fucking slow you're moving. And the lady on the thing says, hold on, sir. I'm just talking to my manager. We can't take your order yet. You, I want to talk to your fucking manager. You're talking to your fucking manager. Let me talk to them. I want to talk to them. Why are you not serving me? I'm in your drive-thru. It's three in the fucking morning. Serve me. I just want to eat a goddamn Frisco melt. And I just want to have some motherfucking garlic fries it's not that fucking hard man it's not that hard it really isn't i promise it i promise it's not that hard 
So I'm finally like, fuck you, Steak and Shake. We'll go to the other one. I'll show you, you motherfuckers. <sighs> and that was the moment that Nate realized he fucked up. So we go to the Sherville Steak and Shake, which is even closer to my crib. And uh, pull into the drive-thru. And as soon as we get to the thing, they say, thank you for choosing Steak and Shake. It's going to be a 10-minute wait on an order. It takes 10 minutes before we can take your order. We'd already waited a bunch. So I was like, fuck it. We'll wait the 10 minutes. So it's 15 minutes, and they still haven't taken our fucking order. And I'm starting to boil because it's like really late. The girls are exhausted. We've been in the truck. It's hot. It's kind of annoying. It's like. I want to eat fucking delicious Frisco melts and have motherfucking garlic fries, as I said before. I digress. So we wait, we wait, we wait. Finally, I'm like, excuse me, it's been 15 minutes. You said it would be 10 minutes. Please take my goddamn order. And then finally they come on. Okay, what do you want for order? So we quickly, and I'm talking just Frisco melt, garlic fries, fucking... All-American with the medium fries with the sided cheese sauce. And I want a fucking butter burger with a fucking garlic fry with cheese sauce. And we want a fucking drink. Bam, done, ordered. We sit for another 20 minutes to get our food at the window. And I'm like, it's not that hard to make a couple burgers, man. It's not that hard to put four patties down to cook to make these sandwiches. I could literally run into Steak and Shake myself, make the food my fucking self, get back in my car, take the food for myself, and drive off before these motherfucking clowns did. Finally, we get the food. Go home, and it's it's only decent. It was kind of subpar, which also sucked because, like, when you have a great steak, like I've always done, great show. After the show, you always go to Steak and Shake. It just happened to be a lot later. We didn't want to go inside. We were beat, dog-ass tired, and ready to be done. So uh, finally, Walk Among Us called it a night, and uh, that was our last show. Uh, on the other side of that, we've done some other things. We had some press. I want you guys to make sure to check that out. If you like listening to me on a podcast, I'm sure you're going to check out this podcast and enjoy it. There's a podcast called Fiendcast. You can get it on iTunes. They're on Libsyn, right? Uh, fiendcast.libsyn.com. Uh, but they are a Misfits exclusive podcast that interviewed the band Walk Among Us to talk about our Kickstarter, which currently, as I speak to you, is 43% funded with 105 backers, 10 days to go, $3,592 raised on our goal. We're doing quite well. I'm, I'm pretty happy with how this is moving. We just got to keep uh, chipping away, getting more people to back us. As always, it's an all or nothing thing. So if we don't get funded, we don't get to make this. We got to go back to the drawing board, chop some money away and try again. And I really don't want to try again the way we have it. I love it. I really would love to just make this fucking album and really showcase what we can do for you people. Um, so that's a little bit of the Walk Among Us news. And uh, before we move on, let's uh, bring you a delicious drink break. Once again, brought to you by Poor Entertainment every other Tuesday, right here on the Journey into Comics Network. Can I also say tonight I'm drinking, um, trying something different. I'm drinking, oh my God, my cat just tried to bust in the fucking kitchen. I'm trying to drink... 
uh, or I'm drinking orange juice. And I don't drink just like regular fucking orange juice. I drink that like you got to chew the shit orange juice because there's so much pulp. There might as well be a whole entire fucking orange still inside of your orange juice. Because I love orange juice. It's really delicious. And that's your orange juice break brought to you by me. Folks, you're going to hear something really funny because my cat's going to break in here. So you're going to hear me jump off the mic and kick her the fuck out of here. You guys ready? Here we go. It goes like this. It goes, God damn it, Cammy! What are you doing? Cammy! Get out of Dodge, you dick. Go. Get out of here. Get out of here. Jesus Christ, my Natalie cat. That's how I feel about the cat. Get back to it here. I don't know how that's going to sound, but I really don't fucking care. I think it's going to be funny. So we're going to get into some actual news here today, folks. As we're only a short eight minutes into the podcast today. So let's get into some Marvel news. Marvel news. Here we go, folks. When the re-release of Deadpool 2 hits the silver screens this December, it will include all new never-before-seen footage. Uh, Rhett Reese, the writer, and Paul Wernick confirmed with uh, Slash Film that they wrote brand new scenes for the film, which were then shot just for this upcoming release. We definitely shot new stuff, and recently too. After Deadpool came out, we were all sitting around, and we came to a, it less about the idea of let's make a PG-13 movie and more let's talk a little bit about Deadpool. We are kicking around some ideas, and then I think it was Ryan Reynolds who had the great framing device, and we all got excited and went to the studio. They said, yeah, let's do it. Fire up the cameras. Uh, Wernick went on to explain that the production ramped up for the upcoming special release after the movie was already out in theaters. About two months ago, we were out on a soundstage shooting again. Ryan was in the suit. The gang was back together. Dave Leach, Ryan were just having a great time and laughing. It comes together great, so we're super excited about it. Reese and Wernick also went on to confirm that the new release of Deadpool 2 will in fact be geared towards a younger audience, uh, saying chances are this re-release will carry a PG-13 rating. I think it's not only going to appeal to kids, but also to people who love Deadpool. I think it's subversive and fun and creative and something that only Deadpool could do. So I think it's going to be a real joy for not only a whole new audience, but also an audience that has seen and loved the Deadpool movies. Although they did film new scenes for Deadpool 2.5, if you will, the writers shied away from saying new scenes will change the plot of the movie as it was originally released. No, not not really, not appreciably, Reese said when asked if the story would change. We don't want to mislead, nor do we want to spoil. As we get closer, we'll see what the studio will let us talk about. I wouldn't reveal too much about it because it'll ruin the fun for the audience. So, big things coming for this. I'm really really excited for Deadpool 2 to be coming out kind of like a Christmas time release. It'll be something fun and a little bit different to go to see in theaters, you know, still get a laugh. Be something that's worth reviewing definitely on this podcast. I'm sure that uh, Podcastrophy will also be discussing it. Uh, You know, I don't know. Here's my thought. So Deadpool has been such a phenomenal success, and you know that in January... Disney gets the rights to the Fox shit, and that deal is done. The deal that started in the rumors in 2017 carried into 2018, and now here we are in 2019, and it's going to be done. So they've got to set up and test markets for what the future of Deadpool can be, and if, if this is the right thing, 
and they pitch this to Disney and go, look, this is how we would do it. If you let us stay here, here's how we would edit it just a little bit differently. Here's how we would direct it just a little bit differently. This is the angle we would take so it was still very Deadpool in its own right, you know. Uh, And then also fun to note that, you know, Deadpool 2, and I've said it, they kind of unwrote their own timeline. I mean, they literally retconned everything. So that entire series could be completely, quote-unquote, rebooted. And how funny would it be to just do the first Deadpool movie in the MCU, Deadpool Reboot? Straight up just call it Deadpool Reboot, but nothing's really different. Everything's the same, and and, and, that, and that's kind of the the gag throughout the entire movie is that it's not, it's not really a reboot, you know. Um, I think that there are a lot of opportunities when... Fox and Marvel's merger happens. I'm really looking forward to see what they do with Deadpool. I've got some more Deadpool stuff for you guys. Because Rob Layfield clear, uh, just recently cleared up an interesting debate. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but a lot of people, probably like 40% of people who know a lot about comic books, will argue that Deathstroke was the inspiration for Deadpool. And that Deathstroke's character, because he did come first, um, is clearly like the precursor to Deadpool's archetype of a character. Uh, The character uh, was created by Rob Layfield in 1991, uh, debuted February 91 in New Mutants 98, I do believe. And uh, somebody actually asked him this great question. So there was a perception. I'll read this part direct from comicbook.com where I'm getting my sources. There's a perception that Deadpool is actually a proxy for Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, the Terminator for the DC Comics universe. This narrative is so well among comic book fans that even Teen Titans Go! movie actually included a reference to it, teasing Deathstroke for being overshadowed by a supposed ripoff. Layfield was a guest at the L.A. Comic-Con, and during a fan question and answer session, he was asked if he ever used Deathstroke as a starting point or model for Deadpool. Layfield said absolutely not, clarified that he, ins- he, that he was inspired by a desire to bring a Spider-Man-like character into New Mutants, and stated he didn't even hear about these comparisons until years later. He says, I did not. I can do this. If we had Deathstroke here, Buccaneer boots, Buccaneer gloves, half an effing mask, chainmail. Where's the chainmail? Let me tell you guys how it went down. Hey, guys, Todd McFarland. He's kind of blowing up on Spider-Man. I need a Spider-Man in my book. Oh, wow. So I also like Wolverine. He's my favorite character. Black and red, black and red. I can tie him into Wolverine's origin so I can do Spider-Man with guns and knives. He continued with an imitation of Marvel's response. Layfield, cable's blowing up for us. We're selling millions of copies of New Mutants. Whatever you want to do, Layfield. I didn't even hear about this until 10 years ago. So the rumor came full circle in 2011 when Layfield worked on Deathstroke comic for DC as a part of the company's New 52 relaunch. Layfield has since returned to Marvel with a new Deadpool graphic novel, Deadpool Bad Blood. There's a sequel in the works called Deadpool Batter Blood. And there's a new X-Men project that Layfield revealed, saying, I have a new project, 2019. It's a huge X-Men crossover. Um, It's awesome, because Marvel called me up last Thanksgiving and said, we want you to do a big story. I said, well, let's see if they'll go for this. I tried to do something no one has done before, so I gave them this pretty aggressive proposal for an event, and I can't say what it is. I can't say what it uh, involves. Got a lot of new stuff. So interesting stuff possibly coming from Rob Layfield here. And, uh, you know... 
Rob Layfield, creator of Deadpool, Deadpool, the master of um, kind of being, you got to think with Deadpool's movies, I want to just kind of wrap talking about Deadpool's movies for a little bit longer here. With the Deadpool movies, they do such a great job of paying homage to other things while also cleverly making fun of those same exact things. It's like they're roasting them with love. Roasted with love is probably what we're going to say they are, you know? So um, I think that... I, th- I just I think that Deadpool is really a shining spot for not only superheroes, but for just... Um, creative character types in general because he's kind of this guy who has a little bit of everything holy shit he can do almost anything he can't die he's all this he breaks the fourth wall he fucking is the impossible but that's what makes it just perfect because it isn't believable so when you're watching this movie you do believe that you're watching the character Deadpool because he does break the fourth wall, because he does interact with the fans, because he does bring real life into his quote-unquote movie, and it's not serious and uptight and sticks up your asses or whatever. That's another reference two weeks in a row now. Uh, So I want to jump from the amazingness that is Deadpool to some more Marvel stuff, as Kevin Feige has explained the real bonus of the end credit scene. Um, After a decade of Marvel Studios films smashing box office records, producer Kevin Feige was recognized for his contributions at the 2018 Britannia Awards for his worldwide contribution to entertainment. During his acceptance speech for the honor, Feige addressed the even popular post-credit scenes and revealed the reason why he's proud of those tags at the end of each film. Quote, Movies bring people together, but they also bring people together behind the scenes, Feige said during his speech. At Marvel Studios, we've been putting a scene after the end credits in all of our films since the very beginning. The fans love it. It It's a tease of something to come. But the real bonus is that the audience is going to sit there and look at all the names of the hundreds of thousands of people who work so hard to bring these movies to life. That really inspired me as a kid to see all those names, and I hope it inspires people today. Feige went on to thank his many collaborators who have helped the MCU become the juggernaut success that it is today, including fellow producers Victoria Alonso and Luis Desposito. Um, that's really all that has to be said. So I just, you know, to, to brief on the end credit scene and the speciality and, and whatnot, and how the fuck did you get in here again, Cat? Oh, man, you guys, this cat broke in again. Fuck, this is an interesting podcast for sure, because I've had to get up twice because of that cat. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Let's get back to it. I was talking about the real thing, why I love the end credit scenes so much. And here's what it is. With the end credit scenes, you, as a fan, feel like you're just allowed a um, an extra taste. It's like, hey, man... You went to the fucking, your favorite restaurant of all time, and you had your favorite meal of all time, and you were done eating your favorite meal of all time, and you ate just the right amount, so you were just still hungry enough to have your favorite dessert of all fucking time served right there to you. And 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 guess what? All of that is done, and that's the Marvel movie. But the post-credit, the chef comes out and says, hey, 
I cooked up something super delicious when I was like looking at your at your table and what you guys ordered and your flavor profiles and stuff. I think you guys will really enjoy this very, 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 very special taste of something that's going to be coming to our menu eventually. But uh, we just are trying to get some feedback, so let us know what you think. Here, and they give you a little taste, a little something, a moose bouche or whatever, a little single bite or whatever, and you're like, oh, fuck me, that was super decadent, and I'm super into it. What the fuck? But... That's honestly what the post-credit does because it gives you that taste of like, I feel like I'm in something special. And I always laugh. It's funny because I, I maybe I'm kind of an asshole when I go see these Marvel movies because I'm, I'm always the guy in the theater sitting there and my arms will be crossed or whatever and the, and the credits will be rolling and I'll watch people that are getting up and I'm just like, well, you fucking dumb. Like, I, I won't like yell it, but I'll like kind of say it sort of, not loud, but I'll be like, are you guys fucking dumb? Like, there's more, you're going to miss all this cool shit that they're going to show you. Like, aren't you excited for what's coming? Don't you want to know what happens next? Like, what's, what's the next thing? Like, what's, wh- what's coming next in the MCU? I must know. Like, that's the whole thing. I like the inclusiveness of it, I guess, is the way to say that. So more Marvel stuff. Oh, that was interesting and kind of inspirational thing. So a Marvel fan on, I want to say it was Reddit, uh, posted his inspirational weight loss journey to become a Marvel character. And he says this, Spider-Man has always been my favorite hero, and last year I decided I wanted to wear a suit for Halloween. But I refused to be the amazing Spider-Mush. So I made it my thanks, or my, I made it my New Year's resolution to get in shape, and I think I've done it. Thank you, Stanley and Steve Ditko, for such an inspiring character. And this dude, October 2017, picture of him doing shots. He's like, you know, thicker dude. Looks like he's uh, enjoyed some food in his day. And then he has a picture of January 2018 and a spider suit. And it looks, I mean, it's thick or whatever. Showing some progress, but it jumps to October. And he's in a superior Spider-Man outfit. Looks fucking awesome. And dude is ripped. I mean, that's inspiring, man. You got to think anybody who can turn their life around when it comes to uh, weight loss or uh, lifestyle transformations, it's difficult because there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. And there's a lot of self-doubt and there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of stagnation, I think is a good word to say, you know, and if maybe you're one of these people, you work out every day, but you don't feel like it's, it's mattering. You know, maybe you, you know, do a thousand push-ups and you're just not satisfied. You need to feel like you need to do a fucking thousand and one or some shit. As long as you're giving it your best effort, you're doing the best for you. You know, as if you want to work out, if you're one of those people that are like, I want to work out to better myself. As long as you're putting the effort in, don't worry about the results. Those are something that come in time. If you want to go crazy and work your fucking self half to death, you're going to get your results faster. But if you're, if you're just trying to get the feel of working out and the confidence to even do so. Don't be judgmental and don't critique yourself immediately because you're going to get put in a situation where you're putting yourself up against everyone else, and it's not even like that. Like, everyone living has an opportunity, I think, to find a way to be happy with themselves. Maybe there are things that prevent them. Maybe there are outside sources, you know, no human is born pure and without um, something, um, what's the word, like uh, 
everybody gets changed by life, I guess is the best way to say it, you know. So just know that if you guys are on that path of like bettering yourselves, that you're still doing it. You're kicking ass. I believe in you. I'm sure everybody in your family and your friends or whoever you have believe in you. But I just feel like everybody has like no human has ever had the opportunity to be purely untainted in this world because I, I do genuinely feel like um, even little things, even in how people respond, you know, no kid is going to go through life never having been yelled at, never having to deal with any kind of adversity, never having to go through any drama, never having anything ever go wrong in the world or never losing anybody. It just doesn't happen. Everybody has shit. Every single person has bad shit that happens to them, right? So uh, that affliction uh, makes makes the will to change difficult for sure. And uh, sometimes it can really greatly affect people depending on what your journey is. But let's get back into some more Marvel news here. Interesting. The Marvel Cinematic Universe's 16-month streak is ended. I'm a big fan of streaks. I've got a, you know, a little over a 12-month streak going right now with the uh, Journey into Comics Network having a show every single day of the week, folks. We put out content Monday through Sunday every day. 365 days a year. That's crazy. Just think about that. I mean, really, that's that's wild. So, Marvel Cinematic Universe will not be releasing new content in November, which currently ends their 16-month streak that started all the way back at Spider-Man Homecoming in July. So here's a rundown of the content that the MCU released. Uh, in July of 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming. August, they released The Defenders. September was Inhumans. October was more Inhumans. November was Thor Ragnarok, The Punisher, and The Inhumans. December was Runaway and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. January, Runaway, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. February, Black Panther, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. March, Jessica Jones, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. April, Avengers Infinity War, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. May, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the finale. June, Luke Cage, Cloak and Dagger. July, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Cloak and Dagger. August, Cloak and Dagger. September, Iron Fist. October of 2018, Daredevil. So that's an awesomely long stretch, but there's no content at all. So there's no new movie, obviously. We're not getting a new movie till March. And no TV series because they're not going to release Agents of... Is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. done? I don't even know. Fans should look forward to new seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Cloak of Dagger and Jessica Jones. Okay, so yeah, there's, there's stuff on the horizon. It's just not out right now. Interesting to note, though. So, you know, it was just recently Halloween and with it being Halloween we got to see some amazing and I mean amazing uh different people uh going as different amazing characters Brie Larson you guys know her from uh Room and she was also in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World she's also going to be in Captain Marvel but Brie Larson posted a picture of herself in Halloween in the Zero Suit uh, Samus costume. And let me tell you what. She could pull that shit off. Check it out. If someone has said Brie Larson dressing up as Samus Aran for Halloween is as close as we're going to get to a Metro movie, isn't it? And Brie Larson said, I hope not. I want to make that movie. So she is claiming she wants to make the Metroid movie, and her as Samus would be sick. I think she'd pull it off for sure. She's a hell of a casting choice. 
More Marvel talk, folks. We got some James James Gunn stuff here. As Marvel fans have put up a billboard right near Disneyland that says "Rehire James Gunn." So it says "James Gunn for Vol 3, RehireJamesGunn.com. Save the galaxy. They really, really, really want James Gunn to uh, to be on GOTG3. Anyways, you guys know how I feel about the whole James Gunn thing. He needs to come back. They need to do GOTG3 the right way. You know, maybe he's got this Suicide Squad thing, but maybe... I don't know. I don't... I really don't know. I think this is... There is time to right this wrong. I just hope that they do right this wrong because it's a great injustice. And fuck that Alan whatever his fucking name is. That, that decided to fire James Gunn because you're a fucking idiot. I just want to say it here on the podcast that you're a fucking idiot. Uh, back to it. I wanted to watch this <clears throat> little clip because Saturday Night Live. Oh, oh, okay. It's just a one-liner thing, so I'm not even going to cover that on the show. It's not worth mentioning. Now, Avengers 4 trailer rumor hints at a title, release date, and a track. Uh, trailer music posted already in November, the first trailer for the Avengers Annihilation. Avengers, hashtag Avengers, hashtag Annihilation, hashtag 12 Titans music, hashtag Dust and Light, hashtag Nevermore. Um, the 12 Titans Dust and Light music was used in The Hobbit, the battle for the Battle of the Five Armies. Um, that music does definitely go along really well with the possible uh leak we have which i'm about to read on what this trailer that we're supposed to be getting is going to actually feature and i'm just going to get right into it right now after another brief quick drink break from poor news and poor entertainment every other tuesday right here journey into comics network (coughs) it's that really thick delicious uh orange juice I was talking about, folks. <coughs> Damn. Okay. So let's talk about this apparent leaked trailer and what allegedly happens. Okay? So this is what's supposed to be coming in the trailer we get very soon for the new Avengers movie. The trailer starts off showing the damaged Infinity Gauntlet in a field on the farm planet. As the camera focuses in on the gauntlet, we hear Tony's voice. We were destined to lose. Epic music score starts. The Quinjet is shown landing in Wakanda wasteland as we hear Steve Rogers say we have come so far. Tony and Nebula step off the jet as the remaining Avengers approach. Steve has a look of relief and says, Tony. Tony, seemingly defeated, shakes his head and gives a friendly smirk back to Cap. Marvel Studio logo appears. We get a glimpse of the Battle of New York from 2012 Avengers. Loki is shown looking shocked and baffled as he is on top of the Stark Tower. There is a flash of a blue light as the camera pans back, cuts to black. We see the Wakandan throne with M'Baku at the helm. He's surrounded by his new Kingsguard, a mix of the Hill Tribe and the Dora Milaje. Shuri and Banner are seen working on a new project in the lab. Black Widow in full gear is in Hawkeye's family home from Age of Ultron. Basically, everything is thrown all over the place and broken. 
Nat is studying some type of map with multiple photos and locations on it. A quick shot of Thanos is shown with a long sword walking down an alleyway in New York City. The next shot is a dark hooded figure with glowing eyes aiming a bow and arrow before shooting towards the camera. One or two visuals of the quantum realm. Scott Lang, no suit, is shown running through the park dodging explosions. A shot of space shows Thor and Valkyrie are aboard a Kree ship. Thor says if the stories are true, you're our universe's last hope if such a thing even exists anymore. The next shot is an older, determined Tony Stark walking through a new S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, Avengers facility in upstate New York. He's in full S.H.I.E.L.D. attire and carrying an orange briefcase. Banner wearing spandex is seen running from something looking terrified. The next shot is Ant-Man appearing out of a flash of light and landing in a desolate place. We see it from his point of view from a camera from inside his helmet. He looks to the left to the right again and says, what in the, and the camera focuses on Vormir and its stars. Next, a shot of Rocket and Nebula modifying some type of new weapon in the lab. Rocket says, when can we try this bad boy out? They both smile at each other and fist bump. We get our first glimpse of Iron Man in his red and gold nanotech armor. Hulk falls from the sky and lands in front of him. Thanos in full armor smiles. Hulk smiles back. The next shot is in Japan. War Machine, Nat, and Steve, in their full Avengers gear, are surrounded by the Yakuza. Hawkeye, Ronan, walks through everybody from behind them and approaches the Avengers. There's an intense exchange of looks between Clinton and Natasha. The next shot is at the Sanctum. Wong is communicating with Doctor Strange's soul via a portal. Cuts to black. Gray-haired Tony Stark and Ant-Man are in a post-apocalyptic New York City. The screen flashes back and forth multiple times through multiple scenes. We see Captain Marvel floating with her fists on fire and her eyes lit up. Thanos is in the Soul Stone with young Gamora screaming at him. Loki and Thor fighting off Chitauri together. And Tony handing Steve a brand new shield in the Wakandan throne room. Cuts back to Tony and Scott. Tony opens an orange briefcase as Scott hands him an illuminated bracelet. Tony asks, how is this even possible? Iron Man and Ant-Man are shown traveling through the quantum realm. Tony and Scott are back in the Battle of New York from 2012. The final shot before the title revealed is an Infinity Stone disappearing from Thanos' damaged gauntlet. He abruptly gets up and puts his armor on. His face goes from an extremely infuriated to a menacing smile. Title reveal. Avengers Annihilation. Stinger. The Hulk is training at the New Shield facility with Black Widow and Steve. Steve notices the Hulk has been training nonstop as of late, so he asks why. Hulk responds in Banner's normal voice with, My rematch is coming real soon. I can feel it. Ho, 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 ho. Dun, dun, dun. And we're excited for Marvel movies. I love the possibility of that. I love that there are a lot of things that are that could be true about that. And if they are true and they do pan out, it makes sense. M'Baku on the throne. Everyone's like, oh, what? Why is M'Baku on the throne? Well, clearly Black Panther got dusted. M'Baku would take over the Wakanda. He's the strongest one. He had just helped lead Wakanda in the battle against Thanos and the children of Thanos. He being on the throne in the future, you know, holding down the fort. Shuri and Banner are working on something. Yeah, Vision 2.0. Uh, maybe they make Jocasta? I don't know. Who knows? I'm not really sure. Uh, I love, you know, it's interesting because they've also said that this movie is going to be extremely long. 
um, a really, really, really long Avengers movie that we're going to be getting here um, in a few short months. It's crazy to think December, January, February, March, April. I mean, we're five months away. And if you think they're going to do it in April, it says May. They did it in April last time. If April's the launch date for UK, expect the US to also get it. They don't want the spoiler thing. They want a global release. It worked out really well for them last time. This is the final culmination. So this is the end gamble on the first chapter of the MCU book. And in like 50 years, people are going to be like, man, they laid the groundwork for some crazy fucking shit, man. I can't believe it. Kevin Feige, true genius. I really uh, shout out to him, honestly. Honestly, honestly, shout out to the man, Kevin Feige. Sorry, I jumped off my mic there a little bit for a second. Had to make a minor adjustment. Got some news, got some news, got some more fucking news. Uh, We're going to move over now to Star Wars. We're going to talk about something very interesting here. Uh, It was recently reported that mega director J.J. Abrams is shopping himself around for a reportedly record-breaking overall deal, meaning he wants to have all of his creative efforts at one studio, including film, TV, streaming projects, and consumer products. Understandably so, Variety reports that Disney is one of the two frontrunners to land Abrams for the mega deal. But buried deeper in the report was a tidbit that might shed some light on why Disney is so interested in Abrams. Industry insiders are reporting that Star Wars Episode Nine, the project Abrams is working on at the moment, is in fact a course correction for Lucasfilms after their recent efforts, such as Solo. Uh, have failed to meet the studio's expectations. According to this report, Abrams has a close relationship with Disney CEO Bob Iger. Solo ended up flopping both critically and commercially. The movie ended up grossing $393 million worldwide and just $213 million domestically. The film has 70% rating on the review aggregate website Rotten Tomatoes, which said the movie was a flawed yet fun, fast-paced space adventure. Should satisfy newcomers to the saga as well as longtime fans who checked their expectations at the theater door. Although Abrams didn't take the episode 9 gig almost didn't take the episode 9 gig after the departure of Colin Trevorrow the director eventually decided it was too delicious of an opportunity to skip he says I learned so much in that movie and I saw that this was a chance to sort of realize something that we hadn't quite achieved and part of that was it was simply the beginning of these new characters in their story the opportunity to sort of take what we had learned take the feeling of who these characters are and what they are and give them a final chapter that fell in the spirit of what we had begun. It was too delicious of an opportunity to pass up. Man, I'm looking forward to episode 9 next year, I do believe, 2019. December? December 20th of 2019, actually. So a little over a year away from new Star Wars, which means a new trailer. I guarantee the new trailer for Star Wars will be attached to the Avengers movie. It only makes sense. Honestly, like, come on now, let's be real. More Star Wars talk here, and and this is going to just segue us on down the line. It's actually beautiful the way these chips will fall. So, uh, David Benoit and D.B. Wise began working on, well, they will begin working on new films once Game of Thrones ends. And new films, what new films, you ask? Well, it's Star Wars. Lucasfilms is focusing most of its attention on Episode Nine, leaving Star Wars fans to speculate whether it may announce other projects, um, if they'll even happen. So Game of Thrones co-creator David Benoit 
D.B. Wise shared that they aim to begin working on their series of films once they finish work on their final season of the hit HBO series, Game of Thrones. Um, Entertainment Weekly recently wrote a profile about the producers and their accomplishments with the fantasy series, with the editorial noting that once the series wraps, they'll begin writing their Star Wars films. With both Star Wars and Game of Thrones being two of the biggest brands in pop culture, fans clamor to get any idea they can about what the future holds for both franchises. Luckily, the producers got some advice from Lucasfilm on how to keep things secret. They've given us a lot of hints about how to lock things down. Things we'll never, we never would have thought of or didn't know were possible. However, uh, with the final season debuting next year, it would seem that these tips won't be applicable for much longer. When Disney purchased Lucasfilm in 2012, the studio confirmed it would be developing not only sequels to the Skywalker story, but also developing standalone films in a galaxy far, far away. Ahead of the release of Solo last May, it seemed that they were on a limitless number of productions to begin planning. Prior to the release of The Last Jedi, it was announced they were developing a trilogy of films uh, unrelated to the Skywalker saga based on the positive and creative relationship that Ryan Johnson had with Lucasfilms. This announcement was followed by the confirmation that Benoit and Weiss were developing series for, of films as well, which was then followed by news that Jon Favreau was developing the first live-action Star Wars series. Days before the release of Solo, reports emerged that Logan director James Mangold was developing a Boba Fett film, but the franchise's future looks a lot different after the release of the most recent Star Wars films. After the flop of Solo, um, it seems that they're just going to kind of cut out a lot of these Star Wars movies. So it's really good to see some of this stuff still getting through. You know, it's uh, it could be so much worse, right? So I got this little Star Wars crossover-y thing uh, to talk about here. Uh, Ewan McGregor, known as, I don't know, what do you call him? Obi-Wan 2, the um, prequel Obi, young man Obi-Wan. I'm not sure what you call him. But uh, Ewan McGregor has recently joined the Birds of Prey movie, as the Batman villain, Black Mask. If you don't know about Black Mask, he's off. Uh, he's a Gotham City gangster. Um, he's probably going to be the main villain of the movie, obviously. Um, and instead of taking on the Cape Crusader, he'll be taking on Harley Quinn, Black Canary, and the Huntress. So, interesting. Uh, huh. And it seems like it's very possible that uh, Black Mask and Batman could face off possibly down the line. So, Kathy Yan confirmed that this movie is going to be rated R. She's the director of the film. Uh, And Harley Quinn actress Margot Robbie told Collider as much when she first suggested the movie. Uh, Then there's a little bit of a thing there. but So, Ewan McGregor going to be Black Mask. That's pretty cool. Uh, we got to kind of jump back to Game of Thrones a little bit. This little bit, it's Star Wars, but it's it's also Game of Thrones, so we're just going to kind of bounce back and forth here. So, a really weird... Okay, a couple things have happened in the Game of Thrones universe. Uh, Entertainment Weekly officially unveiled the first look at Series 8 um, with Daenerys Targaryen and Jon Snow on the cover. Uh, end game. EW is the only place you'll find the scoop on the final season of Game of Thrones and the most epic battle in TV history. 
So looks like we've got some new stuff coming. First look at the final season of Game of Thrones. Stoked. But Game of Thrones has some more stuff because the idiot in the White House or whatever you want to call him, I don't know what you want to call this guy, Donald Trump decided he was going to post a picture of himself using the font for Game of Thrones. Sanctions are coming, like winter is coming, right? November 5. And HBO had to come out and be like, first of all, no, don't do that. Why are you doing this? But um, essentially, uh, HBO responded with a statement after the president did this saying, we were not aware of this message and would prefer our trademark not be misappropriated for political purposes. Uh, and it seemed, I, you know, listen, here's the deal. I'm going to get super real for a second and be a little non-podcasty. We're going to, actually, I'm just going to go right into this next thing because it's going to lead into what I want to say anyways. George R.R. R. Martin responded to Donald Trump's t- uh, tweet as well, by the way, um, and his use of the trademark uh George R.R. R. Martin tweeted at the Donald Trump uh, at hashtag vote saying, fear cuts deeper than swords, vote Tuesday the 6th. And, uh, you know, really, folks, you got to get out there and vote on Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow is a very important day for our nation. We have to take the country back. Listen, um, the red tide has run rampant long enough. The craziness has happened long enough. You need to take a good long look at what you've got going on in your world. And if you can't vote, it better be a goddamn good reason. I'm driving two and a half hours to fucking vote. Okay, and and that's just one way. I'm going to have to drive it back too also as well. So, you know, um, get out there and fucking vote, man. Just do it. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Like, just get out there. Cast your vote. Say, this is who I want to win whatever, whatever. I know I'm rambling a little bit about voting, but I'm just kind of angry because it's so simple. Voting is simple. I also learned that uh, apparently there's a $130 fine in Australia if you don't vote. And they should impose that here in America. You fucking vote or we're going to charge you money because that's what talks. Vote or it costs you $130. I'm getting out there and fucking voting every single time. I don't even like voting that much. I do it because it's a necessity. And when I see our country going down the shit tubes, sometimes i got to put my hand in the shit tubes and pull it out. Be like, not today, Junior. Let's get back on some other news. This is an interesting article. We don't typically get CNN articles on this podcast. However, CNN recently covered that a whopping 5,655 carat emerald as big as your hand has been found in Zambia. It is the largest emerald known to man. And it looks like kryptonite. It looks like fucking kryptonite. It's fucking kryptonite. It's kryptonite. That's let, We know it's kryptonite, right? I mean, there's there's no question. It's an emerald. It's an emerald. But it looks just like kryptonite. It really does. It's kind of crazy. Also kind of looks has like kind of the green lantern thing. It's because it's the color green, obviously. Um, so awesome that they found this crazy emerald. Uh, I want it. You know, here's the crazy thing about me, too. If I was like in the world and I'm digging and I find this dope ass emerald that looks like that, like the picture showing me, which is like cylindrical piece of kryptonite, essentially, I would just have it. 
I like would not fucking try to sell that shit. Like I get it. Yeah, you could sell it. You can make a bunch of money. I get it. But it looks so fucking cool. And to have the only known piece of like kryptonite would be, I mean, it's not really kryptonite. Obviously it's a giant fucking emerald, but you know what I'm saying? Like it just, it looks so badass. I would be all about that. I'm all about uh, collecting things and putting them up for display here. Got a couple of things left for you guys here. A little bit more DC news. So now we know Gotham's Swan Song's official start. Gotham's fifth and final season will premiere Thursday, January 3rd, followed by a new episode of The Orville. The press release also revealed the order of season five will be increasing the episodes from 10 to 12. So we're going to do 12 episodes for the final season of Gotham. I'm so excited. I'm sad that Gotham is coming to a close. I still think they should totally consider doing a movie with like a like a five years later where uh, I can't think of the kid's name, David Mizzou or whatever, is Batman full swing and like has done it for a bit. I think it would be fantastic. That was another drink break brought to you by Poor Entertainment. Tomorrow, listen to Poor Entertainment. You might actually get a bonus poor episode because AP might be covering really, 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 really late the election results from Tuesday to put up. I don't know how that's going to work out. We're going to try to figure it out. I'm not really sure. He'll probably end up saving it. I'm not sure. But anyways, we got um, some stuff that we got to talk about that I have not talked about on my show in a while. Um, There are several reasons why. Most importantly, it's because I'm just behind his shit and there's lots of things going on. So, tonight as I record this, The Walking Dead just premiered another episode, and it is the end of Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead. So, I'm a little bit behind, I don't really know what's going on, but it was reported, Andy Lincoln leaving The Walking Dead, he's done. Um, Scott Wilson, who recently passed away, also left The Walking Dead, he's done, because he had, Herschel had been dead in season 3, but he had like a return appearance that he had recently shot crazily enough like Lauren Cohen saying she's leaving and you've got all this stuff in flux right so Rick Grimes has recently left The Walking Dead but it's a little bit strange folks and I'm going to get into this and this is my kind of like closing topic of the night or whatever It's a little bit strange to me because The Walking Dead is going to tease and build up, oh, what's the show going to be like without Rick Grimes? They're going to kill Rick Grimes off, all these rumors, all this shit. Apparently on the last episode, Rick Grimes is like flown flown off a horse and ends up getting stabbed by like rebar and shit and all this like crazy bad shit's going down and whatnot, right? So like all this shit's breaking out and people expect him to leave. Well, interesting because the show culminates kind of in a cliffhanger. And I'll explain by saying this. Um, Rick's send-off from the Mothership series culminated in a cliffhanger. Rick is alive. He's just taken to parts unknown and presumed dead to those closest to him. Here's the big shocker. They're making a trilogy spinoff fucking movie series starring Andy Lincoln as Rick Grimes. He's not leaving the character at all. He's just going to go do three mega movies and try to really like expand this character even further. 
what the fuck? It's a ploy. It's really not clever. It's kind of disgusting is not the word, but it's kind of disheartening. Disheartening is definitely the word because it's like, it's all this buildup. It's all this Robert Kirkman and everybody talking like, well, at some point we're killing Rick Grimes. At some point something's going to happen. It's going to change the status quo. Rick Grimes can't live forever. Blah, 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 blah. We've heard it all before. And then, and you know, I total spoilers, I guess, because I'm not that invested in The Walking Dead and I'm like giving all this shit away. But like, to me, it just seems like a cop out that there's some fucking thing and he doesn't really leave and they're going to do three movies now. It just, um, it really just kind of like makes me feel like they don't, like it was just a big ploy. Like, oh, we're killing him off. We're taking him off the show. Get all, everybody emotionally invested. Get everybody emotionally ramped up. Get everybody emotionally like stoked or, you know, building up to the fact that there's going to be this massive change. And then you're not really going to do it. You're just going to now tell people, go spend 15 bucks at the movies to see your Rick Grimes. If you're going to do that with any character, no offense, do it with Daryl. I don't need to see Daryl on The Walking Dead. He's not that interesting to me still, and I'm, I'm, I'm not caught up on this season. Not caught up on this season at all. I need to catch up on this season. I really do, because apparently they introduced some of my favorite comic book characters in this most recent episode towards the end. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I just, man, it's just kind of like a, a, a buzz kill a little bit that they're, that they went that route. Like, so essentially, because this is what I'm saying, you killed Carl and did all these other moves to just ensure that he can go do a movie. Okay. But... I don't know. I don't like it. I think that's dumb. It says first Walking Dead movie eyes a 2019 production start. And we've also got fans reacting to the end of Rick Grimes on the show. Um, oh, Jesus, that's loud. I don't want that. So the Walking Dead fan page said, that's right, folks. It's the last time Andy Lincoln's name will ever be in the Walking Dead opening credits. Time to say goodbye to the legendary hero and the legendary and heroic Rick Grimes. Right now, people are like just doing a bunch of crying memes. Throwback to season one of Shane and Rick pictures. People posting different memes and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of people reacting to what comes after Rick Grimes leaves the show. I want Maggie to crack Negan's skull to white meat, someone says. Negan thinks he's going to heaven with his wife. Oh. Oh, man. I need to get back on this fucking show and catch up, I guess. But whatever. I'm not really into it, you guys. I'm just going to be honest. The Walking Dead comics are so much better. I think that the show definitely falters on multiple levels. I really, 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 really hope that, uh, yeah, I think that we need to, uh, we need to just let the walking dead sail into the sunset, you know, and, uh, let that be that. I mean, I don't know. (sighs) 
The Walking Dead was something that I really genuinely loved. Like, the show was really good for a bit, you know? And now it's just... uh, I think the show faltered as soon as it really swerved from the comic books. I think that... uh, I, I, I really do. I think it was just a great mistake. Uh, to deviate from that story, and I get it. You're like I say every time you're trying to swerve the hardcore comic book fans, but that story is so special, and there's nothing that's going to be greater than it. Uh, before I get out of here, and that's all I'm going to say about The Walking Dead. Before I get out of here, I want to shout out to the Game Addicts podcast. They did something really badass over this past weekend. They did the Extra Life Relay for Life thing on Twitch. They streamed for like 13 hours. They played a bunch of different games. They had Podcastrophe on. They did a bunch of different cool shit. You know, uh, Brando and Mike over there kicking ass. Lots of love to those guys. Uh, and everything they're doing, man. Uh, it's it's hard to stay interactive for 13 straight hours. I don't think I could do it. You know, I mean, and I, it's crazy to think that at one point I actually had an idea where Game Addicts and, and Journey into Comics were going to do like a 24 hours of gaming thing with different podcasts recording live while gaming was also happening. I kind of got had a whole plan lined out and we never got to come to fruition to that because things uh, got shifted. So it is what it is, but uh, we do have some cool stuff planned in the future. I know Mr. Dick Tyner has got some stuff on in the works uh, that we're going to be trying to put together for the spring that is going to be popping for the network I cannot wait. Also, we've got new shows debuting soon, folks. There is, as of right now, one new show joining the network. I really was hoping we would have two by January, but that's okay if we've only got the one because we still have a pretty tight schedule. So making this addition and this adjustment is going to... uh, We're also going to have the return of the Voices Survival podcast in January. I'm really looking forward to that. So make sure to be on the lookout for everything happening on the Journey into Comics Network as we trek into this November. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this week's episode. As always, if you didn't know, you can check out the Journey into Comics podcast on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. You can go to iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, CastBox, Podchaser, whatever you're listening to your podcasts on, search Journey Into Comics Network. That's where you can get all the shows on our network, Journey Into Comics, Poor News, Poor Entertainment, Adulting Ain't Easy, Foodies Watching Movies, Journey Into Wrestling, Podcastrophy, Kids for Sale, uh, uh, Gallif Radio, uh, you've got uh, Voice of Survival Podcast, Bruise with Dudes, and that awesome Best of the Week show rocking out on your Sundays. Do not miss it, folks, because we release shows every single day of the week, so you want to be sure to check them out. They're lots of fun. They're interconnected. We love each other. We're a big family, and we're a big family of podcasting nerds. Also, go to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a dollar for early access and exclusive content, meaning as soon as this podcast is edited it's uploaded to you first and then everybody else gets it once it's uh released i think that's gonna do it this week for journey into comics thank you guys so fucking much for checking me out on this marvelous monday remember remember the 5th of november it's dick blaine tyner's birthday as well as oliver mark danko's birthday happy birthday to both of you guys love you for different reasons uh, hope you guys have great birthdays. Shout out from the Podfather. It was also recently Tyler's birthday, and I want to shout out to him as well. 
But remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. It's the 5th of November, guys. Have a good one. For Journey into Comics, this has been Journey into Comics 216. I am your host, Nate. This has been Roasted with Love. As always, take them caps off. Open those brains up. And do me a favor. Fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.